What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income now? If you're wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, if you want a comfortable retirement and you know you'll have more choices if you can do more with your money now, if you've wondered who else is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Richard Geek Podcast. Today's episode, we're welcoming back Kenny Rose. If you remember, Kenny Rose is the go-to source for franchise investing and investing knowledge. He's the renowned franchise expert in this field. He's featured in Forbes, ABC, American Express, The Hustle, Market Watch, and other publications. His media reaches over 220 million people. He's going to be talking today about his latest company, Franshares. This allows you to passively invest in a portfolio of professionally managed franchises in minutes with no fees. All right. Welcome back to the Richard Geek. Guess what? We have Kenny Rose back and he has some new and exciting things to tell us. Uh, if you might remember, he's uh, our franchise guy. He's, he's the, the, the king of franchises and we had a lot of great feedback on our other uh, podcast episodes with Kenny. And uh, Kenny, it's, it's, it's glad to have you back. Thanks, Mike. It's uh, good to be back. I didn't I didn't expect to get invited back again, let alone a third time. And uh, this is even different because normally I'm uh, talking with Nicole, so it's even more different than I could have imagined. Yes. I, as everyone can hear, I am not Nicole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Nicole is... is fantastically starting a new chapter in her life with a new tech job. And so I have a little more free time on my hand. So I'm now doing the podcast. So Kenny, you know, uh, in the past we were talking about, uh, it, it's like, you're not satisfied, you know, it, like, you know, <laughs> franchises and, and these are the, the, the best type of franchises. These are the different things you've taken it all to a, a new level. I, I know our listeners are going to be ecstatic to hear that, Hey, I can still work. And now I don't have to spend another 80 hours <laughs> going, trying to build a franchise. So you have a different take on how people can get involved in franchising. Talk to us about it. Yeah, so as you know, I've been in the uh, franchise brokerage side the last seven or eight years and you know, I've educated thousands of people. Actually, I uh, did the numbers on how many people I've reached media-wise after uh, Forbes, ABC, you guys. Uh, number hit over 200 million people. So that was just, <laughs> when I was putting that together, that absolutely blew my mind. And um, you know, so like I've been very big on educating people when it comes to franchising, because you know, franchising power is about 5% of the U.S. economy, yet most people don't know that much about it. And they really think mostly about food when they hear that word. And so I wanted to, uh, you know, I've been 
make sure people like get a different idea of what franchising is, how you can invest in it. And so when I started my other company, Semphia, that uh, the listeners have heard me talk about, it was mostly about semi-absentee franchises. Mm-hmm. And I think, as I said on the previous shows, there's no such thing as an absentee franchise. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, as I thought more and more about it, I said, you know, why not? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I thought about how fintech has really come up in the last few years and how mm-hmm. you can invest in things that you really weren't able to do before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a big thing that came up was in 2015, uh, they had the Jobs Act come through the Obama administration. And this allowed you to crowdfund investments for equity. Because in the past, you think of things like Kickstarter, you got a item in return, but you couldn't get ownership from it. So the Jobs Act allowed you to, uh, you know, now invest and get a piece of it. Now there's many different parts within the Jobs Act, but one that's really important for this is it's called Regulation A+. And what this means is that you don't have to be an accredited investor to be able to invest in these really big uh, investments. And so now you've, because of this, you've seen things like Fundrise, Diversity Fund, Cadre, uh, where you're able to invest in fractions of these real estate portfolios, really like a REIT, but available for everyone. And so I actually had the idea a few years ago of, hey, why can't I do that with franchises? And so as I kept doing my research and talking to lawyers and making sure everything would uh, you know, button up correctly, it's finally 2020 was the year with so much in disarray. I realized that you know, people are really turning the stock market into a gambler's paradise. And it's just, it was crazy as you know, uh, COVID started eating up the economy and you start hearing about people, well, they can't gamble on sports, they're gambling on stocks. And to me, this reminds me of, I used to be a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch. And this is like when uh, Greece's economy was going through the tank and everyone was like, oh, what's happening to portfolios? I said, headlines. It's just crazy stuff that you don't have control over. And now it's kind of the same thing. Like it's working out better for most people at this, but when it comes to your retirement, being in the hands of (laughs) gamblers, basically, this doesn't make any sense to me. And I feel like a lot of people just aren't as trusting of Wall Street. You know, they corporate fat cats basically and go on these crazy excessive retreats and stuff. And that's just never who I've been. You know, I, I don't wear a tie to the office anymore. I'm very, very big on that. It's usually uh, jeans and a shirt. And so I uh, thought about how do you bring this to the investment world? And so uh, my new company Franchares allows you to do just that. You're able to invest in a portfolio of professionally managed franchises in a recession resistant portfolio for as little as $500. So the, the portfolios are going to be locally based. So uh, you're based in the Phoenix area, my, my hometown. And basically, you know, imagine where you get your haircut, where you get your oil changed, where you go to the gym. All these things could be things that are part of your investment portfolio. So you think about like, honestly, let's think about if you buy a MacBook, how many hands does that money change before it eventually affects the stock and comes back to you? And also it's not like you're getting a ton of dividends all the time. So I wanted to kind of like, hey, let's change the way people invest. And so if you think about it, if it's all local businesses for you, it's local people that you know, spending in the local area, and then it comes right back to the investors. And, you know, again, I really wanted to change the way the investment world works, as well as I wanted to make sure, because I know people are going to copy me on this down the road, but I wanted to make it as defensible as possible. And so I asked thousands of people, what do you hate about investments? And by far, the number one thing that came up was fees. It's always fees. Why do I pay 1%, 2% asset under management fee? It's crazy. Like, even if I lose money, they still get their cut. So I listened to that and I said, you know, that's not fair. And so I thought, you know, how could I work around this? Like, what's the way to make an investment that's really for the people? Like, 
I wanted to think from the investor's point of view, not really the Wall Street point of view. And so how we do this is that uh, we actually go in on the investments with the crowd funders. So uh, the crowd invests about 80% of the total project costs. Uh, Franchise comes in for the other 20%. And so we actually split the income with you as the uh, franchises make money. So basically we, we make money when you make money. I'd rather bet on myself than uh, just start taking money just to exist, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, wow. It, it, that's a lot to absorb and it, it it raises so many questions. So, you know, let's start out with professionally managed franchises. Okay. So how, how does it work? How do you get the franchises? So uh, it's all about vertical integration. So one of the problems that you have when it comes to crowdfunding real estate is typically they don't actually own the real estate themselves. They're more acting as brokers. And so that's why companies like Fundrise charge you that one or 2% and then money on top of there. Mm-hmm. So what we do vertically integrated by, we are working with the investors to crowdfund the money. We're dispersing the money into franchises that we are going to own and operate with you. So we assemble the okay. management teams. And, you know, a big part of this, I wanted to make this go as operationally smoothly as possible. And, you know, I've been on here talking about semi-absentee franchises for, I guess, years now. And um, I uh, thought of it from there. It's like, hey, let's, you know, the same things that I know and I've been helping people select for years. I want to be able to help them do that in this portfolio. And then we can assemble these management teams to oversee managers. So they're not so much owner operator franchises where we need to have someone with the absolutely insane experience, but someone that, you know, has managed a type of location like this before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on top of this, I I started going down this rabbit hole a bit and I thought, Hey, as long as we're changing investing, I kind of wanted to change entrepreneurship a bit. And, um, you know, actually, this is one of my biggest things I've gotten media exposure on, but uh, I'm not sure if you've seen this one. Do you know how much a Chick-fil-A franchise costs? Million bucks. $10,000. That's it? That's it. And here's why. So Chick-fil-A, you know, they're a overnight success that's decades in the making. And so because they've been able to grow organically, they have, you know, a lot of liquidity that they can reinvest in themselves. And they said, hey, how do we have the best locations? Well, we have people that work their way up and become managers. So instead of people basically coming off uh, C-level positions and transferring that skill set to the restaurant industry, they said, why don't we finance all this build-out stuff and get the guys who've worked their way up from the inside and make them the franchisees? And so this way... I. Chick-fil-A gets so much media exposure on, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you always see their owners like, oh, this owner went out and helped them, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, said a prayer for them. And they do all these things that are just so over the top because these are things that would generally be unavailable to them. You know, they've started at a minimum wage job, worked their butt off, <laughs> and worked their way up to where they're the owner. And um, so I answered this on uh, Cora. It's one of the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so they get like 300 million people a month on that website. And so I answered this on there. It's, that's been sent out to like 80 million people alone. And actually, uh, if anyone uh, reads The Hustle, the uh, online newsletter, they actually did a whole Sunday story about this. And I was, you know, I saw they were looking for a source on and I reached out to the writer, uh, Zach Crockett. And I said, hey, you know what? Um, I actually have uh, written some stuff on this before. And we got a call. He's like, 
it's crazy. When you uh, reached out to me, I had your Quora answer open in another tab. You're like the person I needed to talk to. <laughs> and I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> but so I really took this, you know, the way that they did this. And I said, hey, it's so effective. How do I bring this to the greater franchise world? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I want to see in the future is that as we own these franchises, we can have people who come in for, as minimum wage employees. And instead of just, hey, a job's a job, gives them you know, a way to work their way up and, mm-hmm. you know, allows people who come from lower income areas or minorities to work their way up and become entrepreneurs. And so that's really what I want to be able to do is change the way people invest and change the way people own businesses. Yeah. I think uh, Dutch brothers might do something similar. Yeah. I, I, I've heard I, that too. Yeah. I looked at buying a Dutch brothers because I thought it was the next thing. And, and, um, and they're like, I can't, the only people that can be owners are you have to work so many months or, or years within the franchise mm-hmm. and I'm not going to be a barista just to own a, <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, even, even when, even when you do that with uh, with Chick-fil-A, for example, the, yeah. the amount of applications they get, I think they uh, approve like 70 or 80 out of 60 or 70,000 applications a year. Boy. So it's harder to become a Chick-fil-A uh, yeah. franchisee than it is to get into Harvard. So, I, I tell you, that's my it, It's amazing. I, I've never seen such long drive-through lines. You know, they yeah. they have that, and it seems like every time, it's like you know, I'm not going to get political, but every time a politician says, you know, we hate Chick Fil A or we hate you know whatever, that it's they break sales numbers. Yeah, (laughs) it works the opposite way, you know. Yeah, Um, but that's so. I would think, like, if I was looking at investing with you um, and knowing some things about, especially with COVID and the small businesses, which I, when I think of franchises, I think of a bunch of small businesses, Mm -hmm. uh, individual businesses, unless you're you have the strength to own 20 of them mm-hmm. um, or, or 50 of them, but then, you know, you could break it down to why I own 50 small businesses if you do it properly and they're all in the different LLCs and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. My fear with looking at what Corona, uh, you know, with, with what this virus did to small businesses, how are you picking franchises or what are you doing out of the fear of the recessions and the pandemic mm-hmm. um, to, to try to like with the, our listeners and they want to invest with you, how could you alleviate their fear of owning pieces of the small businesses? Yeah. So it's a two tier approach. The first is what are pandemic resistant businesses? So these are things like home services, especially with people who are uh, working from home more often, they need to make sure the home is as good, in good of shape as possible, whether that is you know, interior uh, renovations, uh, lawn care, uh, senior care, especially at home. Uh, there's even things, franchises in the trash industry, you wanna talk recession resistance, trash is always gonna be trash. <laughs> People are not gonna throw away less. And so looking at industries like this, we're gonna be able to start building really a foundation that is pandemic resistant. And then, especially as you know, the vaccine's coming out now, and we're able to start rolling out. I hate to say this, but with it's kind of great timing for to launch something like this because 
there are, I mean, real estate is a lot cheaper than it used to be because it's such tough conditions right now. So especially when you're looking at build out times that can take six months to a year, you know, in six months to a year, everyone's going to be vaccinated, hopefully, and um, you'll be able to go from there. And, you know, as I've said before, I, uh, I like to do things that are more service-based businesses. So, you know, especially like a lot of gyms and a lot of the industries have learned how to work with the pandemic now after all of this. Yeah. And so I think it's important to like take these, take those into consideration of that as we start to recover, we're also prepared for if something like this happens again. Uh-huh. And um, so that that's really where I'm looking forward to this is that the timing is just perfect for this. And, you know, again, this is what I've spent years doing is helping yeah. people select the right franchises that are recession resistant. What are you seeing is going to be, you know, a lot of people always ask me, what's the post COVID hotel going to look like? Um, what is the, are you seeing any rustling in the wind with we need to make those type of franchises different uh, post COVID? What are you seeing in the franchise world as far as the future? Um, well, especially in the, in the fitness area, that's an area where people were definitely, you know, not able to go for the longest mm-hmm. time. And so you see they're structuring things very differently from how you book your appointments, how you enter, how the machines are cleaned. And so a lot of it's really uh, being higher maintenance and making sure that people are safe by uh, putting these new systems into place. That's what this is all about, new systems into place. And when you're comparing the average mom and pop to a franchise, you know, one of the main things they specialize are systems in place. And so when you're talking about, hey, how do we develop these systems? How do we implement them? And how do we make sure that they're being followed? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what franchising has been doing for decades and decades. So I, I think that you're going to see just new systems in place, but just yeah. being ex- perfectly executed by you know good franchisors. And, it, you know, I, I agree with that with, and that's why people do franchises instead of trying to do something on their own is you have all these years of experience from the franchise that's doing all the R&D and all the research on how to make it cleaner, better, safer, um, putting the touchless, you know, um, even like cashless type of things in place so that you don't have to think about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And... So one of the questions is, is that, and what are the other benefits of, um, why should I do a franchise like this? Because I don't want to pay the 7%, you know, uh, and, and then just doing it on my own. Yeah, well, honestly, this this is a perfect example of what that 7% is for. Mm-hmm. Because you, you rely on the franchise or for support as things change. Like this is one that has tested franchises as much as you can possibly imagine. But this is what they're there for is that you invest on that because they are invested in your success. They Mm -hmm. want you to to do as well as possible. And so, and so uh, it's really important to make sure that my timer went off from the lights here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, yeah, that's what we're making sure of is that people are going to be able to follow these new systems in place and the franchisors are going to really be implementing the right changes for you. Mm -hmm. Now, it's very interesting that you're one of the first ones to come on and say, hey, you don't have to be accredited. 
we we can take it, you know, because a lot of people are just like, oh, I don't know. It's like, you know, so what was your decision based on with this model to not accept just only accredited investors? Is it to open it up? So there's a couple different reasons. Um, first off is I truly believe that there's a way to change the way people invest and economies thrive. Mm-hmm. It really for centuries now, you've invested onto Wall Street and it's made epicenters of these markets. But instead, what if your investments were going into the local communities and mm-hmm. you were putting your investments there, more taxes are being paid there. Mm-hmm. You're really investing in that local economy to thrive. So that's one big reason for it. Um, another is that I, I think that if you're trying to make a big change, you shouldn't exclude people. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to open up to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And then finally, it's a, it's a long-term benefit that's going to make the portfolios themselves stronger. So I call it the share effect, you know, for Fran shares, but also because we're sharing in these different things. So um, in, this, in this aspect, it's the sharing of marketing. Because one of the main reasons that companies franchise that they want local boots on the ground to be, Mm -hmm. you know, the local person there that's going to tell everyone about their business and, you know, hey, come on in. I've got the great shop. Now, imagine instead of one owner, you have a thousand owners, two thousand owners, three thousand owners in your market. And so, you know, anytime that someone says, hey, you know, I was thinking about getting a haircut, my barber messed up, like, where would you send them? Hey, you know what? You need to go to Supercuts or Diesel Barbershop. Oh, uh, I got a ding in my car. Go to Mako. You're going to tell them to go to companies that you own. And on top of that, from like a social media standpoint, you know, the franchisors support all these franchisees to, uh, you know, hey, here's the right things to say. Here's how you post them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a lot of times it's, hey, customers might support it. The owners are going to promote it, mm-hmm. some of their friends and family. But you know, if I've got a couple thousand local owners and I, you know, send something out to them and say, hey, your investment just made a uh, post on Facebook. <laughs> I think they would like to engage with that because a quick like is going to help them increase their return on investment. So I think what you're going to see here in the future mm-hmm is uh, not only a great investment, but you're going to see the most profitable franchises to exist in every franchise system because they mm. have so much more local support than any other franchise will. That's a very good point uh, and, and exciting because that's really what people need now, what communities need is that local support. You know, I, I'm seeing it in our market. I'm seeing, I'm, I'm sure throughout the nation, we're seeing it that just support local businesses, especially during times like this. Uh, so your potential investors and your investors, uh, how are they getting paid? What is, what's the, uh, they invest in the fund. Is there a preferred return? Is there a yearly, what, what so are they? I can't, I can't say too much about that because we're, uh, working on uh, sec registration. Oh, and so, yep. you know, yeah. Last thing you want to do is talk before. That's why I'm actually <laughs> doing the, the wait list right now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a share of the income that the franchises produce yeah. as well as equity in the business. So we're hoping that we'll be able to sell the franchises in a five to 10 year time frame. So mm-hmm. in addition to the recurring revenue from the franchises, you'll get that payout at the end from when we uh, sell these extra businesses and then start new mm-hmm. funds for them. Wow. That's, it's fantastic. It's, it's kind of mind blowing that you've taken the congratulations Thank you. that <laughs> you're, you're like, I can take something that I've done very well and I can just kind of blow it up. You know, it's, fa- yeah. it's fantastic. So uh, in closing, uh, I know everyone's going to want to go to your, your, your site. How can people 
find you, connect with you, get to know you? Yeah, so uh, there's two main ways. First off, go to the website, franshares.com. And we actually have the wait list going right now. In, in just a few weeks, we've gotten hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on this wait list. And um, for an offer for uh, Richard Geek listeners, because I love this podcast, I'm it. it's my third time on here. Every single person who joins the wait list from the Richard Geek, they are guaranteed to be invested in this fund uh, when they're ready for it. So even if we get that wait list out to 50,000 millions, the listeners that sign up from this are getting on there. Um, yeah and then uh secondly connect me on linkedin uh i i love post posting on there talking with people i'm always very easy to engage on there so uh yeah just find kenny rose on linkedin and uh those are the two main ways to find me fantastic and franchares f-r-a-n-s-h-a-r-e-s perfect that's franchares everybody check it out you're guaranteed to be on and you're guaranteed to uh, have a great time getting to know Kenny Rose. Thank you again, Kenny. I appreciate all that you've done and uh, we hope you, your uh, success is plentiful and <laughs> that you have a happy holiday. Thank you, you too, and I uh, appreciate everyone listening. Okay. Take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Richard Geek Podcast where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichardgeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes i appreciate you and thanks for listening